0: I'm Terry, Sassy Sober Mom. Uh, thank you for joining me on my first podcast. Um, this is a bit scary, very exciting. Uh, I've never done anything like this before. So, yeah, here goes. Um, the first, what I'm going to do this week is I'm actually going to kick off the series um, Sober Stories. And I'm going to ask myself the questions that I'll be asking all of my future guests. So I have seven questions and they will be the same seven questions that I use every week. Um, so probably after a few episodes, um, you'll get used to the format. So where to start? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, so to tell you a bit about myself, um, i live in england i live on the south coast in Poole, in dorset i was born in leicester originally Um, i moved away at 19. i lived in london for about eight years i went traveling for a year and then when i got back from traveling i decided i needed to be by the sea i just got so used to seeing it in australia that I just wanted to be close to it. I I absolutely love being by the seaside and I find it really relaxing. Um, I'm 44, uh, actually I'm 45 this year. Um, I've got three kids, three daughters, no less, girl gang. Um, I've got my daughter, Annie, who's eight, Agnes, who's six, and little Sadie, who's 16 months. Um, I'm married, I got married last year um, to a wonderful person called Tom and we've been together about five years. Uh, My interests are, uh, well I have always have lots of interests on the go, I'm one of these sorts of people that likes to have lots and lots of different challenges and lots of things to do. Um, So um, my main interests are definitely getting outdoors, I love nature. I really like sport um i love playing tennis i like walking i love swimming i've just recently got into going back to the gym and trying trying to um to lift do some lifting i keep seeing too many people on my instagram that are just achieving great things through lifting so i thought why not give that a go um and yeah i love cooking i um I love crocheting. (laughs) I taught myself how to crochet in the first lockdown. And yeah, just, yeah, lots of general stuff really like watching TV, like films. But I think, I think the biggest thing for me is kind of just getting outside and getting into nature. Okay. So I'm going to dive in to the first of seven questions. So question number one is describe your life with alcohol. It's quite a broad question this one and uh, it could mean different things to different people but to me my life with alcohol um, I would say was problematic probably from when I first started drinking at 14 which is very common in um, in Great Britain um, and yeah from the very beginning I kind of drank to got I drank to got. I drank to get drunk, should I say. Uh, So uh, the way that I started ended up being the way that it finished, always to get drunk um, and never ever to just have one or two or just sort of, you know, be sociable or with dinner or yeah, when you're socializing with friends. That, That was never my type of drinking. Um, so I think that I had, um, yeah, a a difficult relationship with alcohol. I wouldn't say that it was always consistently bad. I definitely had fun, particularly in my early years of alcohol. Um, but I think probably in my... Well, certainly when I went traveling, uh, drinking ramped up a lot around that time. When I got back and I got into my career, um, my drinking probably started to get a bit worse. And then after I had my children, at least my first two children, I was in a previous relationship um, with, with somebody else. And my drinking probably started to get a bit more dark. More drinking at home, um, more drinking on my own, and just more setting rules for myself and trying to moderate and being on that Ferris wheel that I talk about a lot on my Instagram feed. You know, just being trapped in that sort of vicious cycle of, oh, I don't want to drink too much um and hopefully i can just you know only have a couple of nights on the booze this week and then just end up drinking most of the week and feeling pretty rubbish for it afterwards so yeah i i I don't think i've had i've had a long relationship with alcohol 27 years in total but i wouldn't say that i had really a good relationship with alcohol it was always fairly problematic um, and there were, there, there were times when it was better than others, but for the most part, I pretty much just drank until I just drank the house dry, uh, or I fell over or both. So not really a great relationship or a great life with alcohol, shall I say? Okay. Question two, at what point did you recognize it was problematic? Well, I've probably covered a little bit of that, but, um, but I think I'm one of these people that um, I very much had signs, I think probably throughout the last 20 years of drinking that I didn't drink like my either my friends or like a normal, in inverted commas, person, or that I might have a bit of an issue with it. Um, I certainly drank to self-soothe, let's say, um, in my early 20s, I had I had a little bit of trauma as a child. I had a, a bad relationship with my own mother um, that never really got better. And she was also um, somebody that was very reliant upon alcohol and alcohol had created... It kind of fractured our relationship, if you like, when I was a child growing up in my home. So... I seem to attract trouble. I seem to get into um, difficult situations. I'm, and then I would drink and then of course that exacerbated the, the the issue because when you drink, you you make poor decisions. And that was very prevalent for me in my drinking. I um, recognised though that it was a problem certainly when I went travelling, I I was drinking heavily every night for probably the best part of a year. It created problems in my relationship at the time uh, and I think I had to sort of rein it in a bit on that trip, which I did under duress slightly when i got back um, from traveling and i moved down to um well i moved to bournemouth initially i started to get into quite heavy drinking after work with work friends and peers and i started to feel a bit depressed at the weekend because it was just the same cycle um but i think the really really big one for me was probably when i became a single parent at 38, uh, had two very young children at the time, six months and 22 months or something like that. So two kids under two. Um, I wasn't expecting to be a single parent. It sort of happened overnight, although now with the beauty of hindsight, it can completely see why it happened. And I'm, I'm obviously very glad it happened because it you know, wasn't the right situation for me, but at the time it was very stressful and very scary. And I really worried about my drinking at that point. And I actually did 100 days sober, not long after becoming a single parent, because I sort of had the foresight that if I didn't do something like that, I might just sort of slip off of a cliff. Um, which is interesting because I, on the one hand, that's very insightful, um, of me, but on the other hand, after a hundred days, I had no plan to carry on or to move forward. And, um, I just fell straight back into big drinking after that. So, um, it was, it was good, but also a little bit short sighted. Okay. Question three, how did you get sober? Um, so you might know if you follow me on Instagram, um, I've had two bouts of sobriety, actually one at 30. Um, and that was for eight months. And I got sober then because I felt a lot of pressure to stop drinking. Um, mainly because of my antics when I was drunk, it kind of got me into trouble in my relationship and something happened. And so I just said that I'm going to quit because it felt like the easiest way to deal with the shame and also make everybody happy around me um I also had my 100 days at age 38 might have been 39 actually by the time I made that decision but the but both of those times I didn't do any personal development work I didn't invest in myself I didn't get what I now call emotionally sober I just literally put the drink down to be fair to me when I was 30 it was 2007 and there was little in the way of support There, there was no online community really back then hardly any quitlets certainly none of the big ones that we uh, share and and talk about now there wasn't any of those back then um i didn't really know what blogs were so i wasn't going looking for them and the only option that seemed available to me at the time was to go to aa and i felt a lot of shame around that. I didn't want to be the person that went to AA because actually at the time I just felt like I was the same as all of my friends in my drinking. I just got into trouble and I felt under pressure to stop. Um, but going to meetings and, um, and using all of the language that um i was sort of vaguely familiar with at the time around aa just wasn't really my bag and i just sort of instinctively knew it wasn't going to be going to be going to be for me so i didn't really explore that when i did the 100 days um well what was it now four five years ago um I did it because I saw it as a short-term fix to what was at the time a big problem in my life being single um, being a single parent to two young kids. I just tried to keep myself focused and I started exercising a lot and drinking lots of water um, and you know kind of getting through the breakup Th- those were my main focuses and just not drinking on top of that but it but the sobriety wasn't my main focus really and as I said when I got to the end of the hundred days I had no plan and I just sort of fell back into drinking so how did I get sober this time round um well actually having those two stints of sobriety before were very helpful for me because I sort of recognized that I needed to do something different and that I probably needed to educate myself a lot more than I had done previously. So um, I'm quite pragmatic when it comes to things like this. I'm very good at building a plan. And so I basically got a piece of paper and I wrote down some things that I thought that I could do that would help me to get sober. And they're all the things that I sort of share now, on my on my feed and on my website Um, and that's basically immersing myself in education so reading books and listening to podcasts and reading blogs and connecting with online sober people so either through facebook groups i think i joined uh groups like one year no beer um team sober all sorts of different, I can't remember all the names now, but then around 40 days without drinking, I created an anonymous profile um, and on Instagram and I started posting about my journey, which is really funny for me now because obviously if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that my online presence, my style is very, very open and I kind of really bear my stories, my warts and all, um, and I sort of pushed them out there in the attempt to make other people feel more confidence in sharing their own stories. Um, but in the beginning I was, I was kind of afraid, there was shame around going sober and I just wanted to sort of do it under the radar. Um, I, I, I didn't want to broadcast it to the world. I felt a bit embarrassed. I also felt like, oh, you know, here we go again. (laughs) There's Terry. She's doing another challenge or she's going sober again. And I just, I just didn't want to have those kinds of conversations. So for me, the absolute key was listening to podcasts every day I think I probably listened to t- about two hours of podcasts every day for the first six months, um, and certainly for the first year, I was listening to podcasts every day, um, and yeah, I was. I always had a book on the go. Uh, I my life changing books were The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, and also Alan Carr's Easy Way to stop drinking for women i i I just found that life-changing um so the more i listened and the more i read the more i learned and obviously i've just continued that throughout the last just over three years now and my knowledge and confidence has just gone from strength to strength um and i have a real fascination for understanding you know, why we drink and what it does to the brain. I love all the science around that. And I just, I can't get enough of this subject. Um, and that's probably what, what drove me to try and help other people. So describe, question number four, describe the first 100 days. Um, the first 100 days were a mixture of heat, rain and hurricane. Heat wave, no heat wave, <laughs> heat wave and hurricane. There was so much going on in that first hundred days. I felt so tired at first. I couldn't believe how tired I felt. Um, I now know that that a lot, a lot of that is to do with the sort of catch up sleep. Because when you drink alcohol, you never sleep properly. Your brain fails to achieve the REM part of sleep which is really important for feeling properly rested Um, so if I think of 27 years of fairly regular drinking particularly the last decade quite very regular I just think of all those nights where I didn't sleep properly it's quite mind-boggling to be honest when you think of it like that Um, So I was very, very tired for a good three, four weeks. Um, I felt floored. I had huge sugar cravings. I mean, I have a sweet tooth anyway, but the sugar cravings were immense. I just, I could literally couldn't stop eating. I think I'd just be eating Mars bars, two or three Mars bars every day. It was ridiculous, really. but it's all very normal Um, and i i see a lot of this on social media people you know ticking off the sort of tiredness and the sugar cravings um i also felt quite emotional in the first hundred days to be honest i felt i felt a lot of this actually throughout the first year of sobriety but i would have three or four different emotions um in one day so I, i could feel elated and then I might watch an advert, and I'd literally just burst into tears, or I'd listen to somebody's story on a podcast. Um, and I'd just start crying. so i I felt quite unstable emotionally, um certainly in the first hundred days. also, i I just there were a lot of firsts in the first hundred days. and like I said before, I think I felt a lot of shame around getting sober and I um, I went to some social engagements and I also pulled back from going to social engagements because I got fed up of the roundabout conversation around my drinking. If people weren't quizzing me on my problem with drinking, why did you stop drinking and what was wrong with you then? And well you know, can't you just have one? And all those questions that are very unhelpful when you're in early sobriety. But if it wasn't that, it was people um, sharing their relationships with drinking, which I, yeah, which, which, which still happens actually to this day. I think there is huge truth in people feeling uncomfortable about the conversation around alcohol, particularly if they're still drinking. Uh, I think people quite often feel the need to highlight what their own drinking is in order to sort of convince themselves that they don't have the same problem. Um, So yeah, a mix of things. Tiredness. I I also had a quite vivid um, drinking dream and I woke up and I was really disorientated. I thought, oh my God, how have I why have I gone and done that? Why have I gone and, and, and drunk? And, you know, I couldn't piece together why I had such a, a vivid dream. I thought it was real. And thankfully it wasn't. Um, but again, this seems to be fairly common. Question five, what was the hardest part? Um, I think for me, it was trying to get my head around the fact that You know i was really worried that i just wouldn't have fun again um and i i found that i had to sort of almost mourn you know say goodbye grieve in fact that that person that i used to be that terry that i used to be that everybody had got to know everybody loved you know i was the sort of clown drunk if you like everybody always would have a good time if I was out drinking and I think the hardest bit was trying to accept that I wouldn't be that person anymore but also I had never really properly plugged into sobriety and I'd never really done sober properly and I didn't believe that you could have fun sober I just thought that's it you know in some ways my social li- my social life is over um, and and that's quite yeah that I think that's probably one of the biggest things actually when, when people contact me um, on Instagram and they send messages and and maybe they're still drinking and they're very inspired by the stories they see but they're so frightened of losing their identity and they're so frightened of not socializing and um, you know with alcohol because they feel like they'll just have a rubbish time and that people won't invite them to places and i i just yeah i think that's really really hard in the beginning and there's no quick fix to that you have to sort of jump in really and go for it and just trust that you will have fun you'll have so much more fun i i can't believe now that I ever thought that I had fun when I was drinking because it really wasn't fun for me. Drinking just dimmed my light. It dulled my senses. It started to disconnect me from the situation and the people that were around me. Um, I made a fool of myself. I started slurring. I spent too much money. I lost my things, you know, my belongings it got me in trouble in my relationships. I felt horrendous the next day. I had anxiety. I just, there's just nothing fun in that. So actually, once you get past that stumbling block in your head, the thought of you're not having fun again, and you start to just live your life and you, you start to get through those first experiences sober, and you and you know, every time you have that situation where you you have a really deep belly laugh, you know, you, or you have a really good connection with somebody at an event, uh, you, or you really enjoy something, you sort of have this ping moment of reflection and you think, oh my God, I'm really actually having loads of fun here. How strange, you know? And it, it starts to cement the idea that actually, not only can you have fun when you're sober but you genuinely have more fun and you have better fun because you you remember it and you're really properly connected and you're doing things that you actually want to do you're not just in situations feeling forced into it because you're all just drinking um yeah you just sort of there's just yeah so many positives um, so, but I would say to answer that question, the hardest bit was trying to manage those feelings around people, not, you know, that they weren't going to invite me to things anymore that I, that I wouldn't get to go to parties and stuff because people wouldn't want a non drinker there. And that genuinely I would get left on the shelf and <laughs> I just wouldn't have any more fun. Um, that was the hardest bit. Okay. What's been the biggest gain in your sobriety question number six um the biggest gain for me is time oh my god there is so much time now that i don't drink and you know i, I don't just have the time i have the motivation and the creativity and the intention to do better things with that time so Um, a big one for me, you know, obviously being a parent of three young children, I just feel present and I enjoy my time with them and we do things, you know, I, I, I've got the energy and the creativity to, to do stuff with my kids. Um, and even when it comes to myself, you know, sort of my own self care, I have time to do so many things in my life now it's so full my life now when i used to drink i spent a lot of time drinking most nights and then i would spend the next day so most days recovering from it um and when i wasn't drinking or recovering from it i probably spent that remaining time thinking about it planning it um trying to moderate and you know all the thoughts that sort of whirl around your brain when you're when you're doing that so taking all of that away it just leaves so much time and in the beginning it is a bit weird you know you do you do sort of feel like oh my god i'm just gonna get bored i've got all this new time what am i going to do with it but you do settle into new routines you do go out there and find new and different and more interesting things to do i've learned how to properly relax because i've got time i've i've learned how to switch off from things and you know fully relax and yeah and and, and also just do hobbies that i enjoy so i've just recently gone into swimming and got into the gym and um, even doing my sobriety um, social media and doing this podcast and writing my blog and writing my book. You know, I do work full time as well. I have got three children. People say to me, how on earth do you fit it all in? And I say, well, I don't drink. (laughs) I've got time. I've got so much time. So that's been the biggest gain I think in sobriety. Um, Having my time back and spending my time in really productive and rewarding ways. Right, so last question, question number seven. What are my top three tips on staying sober? Okay, um, my first tip would be set the right expectations don't expect too much, too soon. I get a lot of messages from people that are um, 100 days in, for example, and they expect to be fixed, they expect to be feeling magical every day, and they expect to not have any cravings, and you know, expect, expect, expect. So the first thing I would do is just, every time you catch yourself with an expectation, remove it completely. Don't expect anything. Just accept that you are on a you know journey that will be difficult sometimes and brilliant other times. And just remove all those expectations. Do not compare yourself to other people don't expect to be where they are at a hundred days um, just do your own journey and trust that you will get there and that it doesn't matter how much time it takes to get there um, just have faith that you will get there that you know you're doing the brave courageous thing by just even trying to stop drinking you know you're going against the grain you're going against society just don't expect too much too soon um yeah that's my first tip my second tip would be education is life (laughs) so um just try and You do whatever works for you. You know, if you don't like reading, perhaps you can have an audio, uh, an audible account or, you know, or do audiobooks. You can get a lot of stuff on YouTube for free as well. You can um, search people on, or sobriety on YouTube. Uh, Most people's podcasts or um, interviews and things are posted on YouTube and YouTube is a free resource. Podcasts are obviously a free resource. Um, I've got some recommendations um, or a list on my website, sassysobermum.com uh, slash resources, and you can get some inspo there. But uh, do something every day. Whatever it is, do something every day. If you can do it all, fantastic. Maybe you wake up and you do a gratitude journal. You do some meditation or breath work. You um, read some of your Quitlet you listen to one or two podcasts, you go out for a walk and try to connect with nature, Um, you go onto social media and just start sharing your stories or just even watching other people's stories from afar. Maybe you can do all those things. Maybe you can only do one or two things Um, Just make sure you do something every single day. And whenever you feel like you're getting unstuck or you're having a bit of a wobble, my advice is always, this is an invitation to do more work. So just make sure that education is always at the forefront. Okay, my third tip is... Yeah, my third tip is don't go on too many socials or get involved in too many social situations in the beginning. Um, And if you do have to socialise or you want to challenge yourself and and socialise, make sure that you have an exit strategy. Leave when you feel ready or when you feel like it's getting too challenging. Um, And have have your have your story straight in your head don't feel like you need to justify to everybody why you're not drinking you don't owe anybody an explanation um you can simply say you're just not drinking at the moment and just shut the conversation down just bear in mind that most people that are in a drinking environment don't like people being sober around them People find it weird. I used to find it weird. I used to hate sober people being in my company when I was drinking. I'd I'd avoid them. I'd literally back them away like a wasp, like, oh, I don't want to be near this person. I obviously realize now that that's because I had a problem with alcohol myself and it shone too bright a light on that. And I didn't want to have that conversation with myself or that focus on myself at that point. So yeah, try not to put yourself in a difficult situation in the first 100 days or so. Um, At the end of the day, you might need to duck out of a few social engagements, but you know what? You've got the rest of your life. So just support yourself. Give yourself the best opportunity that you can by not putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be easily triggered And you're going to have to manage feelings of FOMO and being the odd one out and yeah, it's just not worth it. Okay, so how can people find me or follow my journey? Well, um, my biggest um, place is on Instagram at Sassy Sober Mum, but I also have a website, uh, Sassy Sober Mum, and uh, so hope to see you there and um yeah thank you so much for your time today and for listening to me have a wonderful day thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you're interested in being a guest please contact me directly on instagram by sending a message to at You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.